Hello and welcome to the only podcast that's all about Fort Meade, our community, and life in the military. I'm your host, Joe Nieves. And I'm your co-host, Sherry Kuiper, and you're listening to Fort Meade Declassified. So hey, Sherry, how's it going? What's that? Another rainy day. You know what? It is another rainy day. I was starting to wonder yesterday when I was driving home if I had to find an ark because I'm like, am I missing a boat somewhere that I should be getting on because, you know, the pandemic and the coronavirus and everything. I was like, maybe... Maybe I should be looking for a boat to get on right now. Yeah, maybe 2020 has that in store for us. It's like, you, you just don't know at this point. But only two of us are getting on it, so. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, well, at least you know the company will be good. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Um, but, yeah, you know, things, things have been good. It's, it's, it's rainy. It's, it's icky. Seems to but fit that's right okay. I mean, we're stuck at home anyways, or, or for some of us in the office. Well, right, and... Um, and I know that's continuing for a lot of our school kids, too. Yeah. I know yeah. Um, my daughter is in college this year, and because they're doing all online stuff, we, yep. we've made some changes in her education for this year. Um, but with seven uh, Fort Meade, or excuse me, with seven Anne Arundel County schools on Fort Meade, we are going to have a lot of kids who are going online yeah. and, and learning. Joe, how did your kids do with that last year? Let me tell you, it was it was challenging. So for once, I got to see it because I was home too. Right. You know, we were we were at home, um, and I watched uh, my wife struggle through uh, preparing this for the first time. So it's like it's like homeschooling, but not. And then, <laughs> and so the struggles of homeschooling are there, but it's still also learning online with the teachers. So they had a good time with it once the kids kind of got used to it. Right. But at first, you could tell there was some there was a big learning curve. You know, it it was it was weird, and I mean I couldn't really help because I'm working. When well, so, you're not a teacher. Well, you know, there's I that. Mean, you know, and don't that, get that's me started a, that's on the thing. math. Because I, I just, uh, I'm like a blockhead when it comes to that stuff. That's why we're in the profession we are. Yeah. Uh, but but today we're going to talk, uh, we have with us uh, Sarah Benice. She is our school liaison officer here at Fort Meade. And it's also PCS season. So yes. if you are coming onto the post and you're like, oh, cool, I get to deal with online schooling as well and I need some help. Sarah Benice is the woman that you want to reach out to who can help guide you through that. So, Sarah, thanks for sitting down with us again. Hey, I'm glad to be here. And how, how are you doing with all the virtual stuff? Are you getting out a lot, or is this your first in-person interaction this in months? This is one of my first uh, interactions. <laughs> um, I have been staying home quite a bit. Uh, I am teleworking, which has worked out very well. Um, but we'll gladly receive any phone calls or emails from people that are struggling. Awesome. Well, Sarah, real quick, what is that phone number that I know you have memorized that everybody can call you at? It's 301-677-1227. And I will say, yes, Sarah is in our studio with us, but we are keeping our social distancing intact. So nobody (laughs) has to worry about that at home. I know it's such a huge concern. Sarah, we know what the we know what's been decided for the school year. Kids kids are going virtual for at least the the first semester. Can you just talk to us about about what's going to be going on? I will. Um, as Dr. Arlotto has shared, um, after receiving information from families and community partners and teachers and staff, and balancing that input with the 
advice and guidance from the health experts and the need to protect the health of everyone in the Anne Arundel County public school community, teachers, staff, children, mm -hmm. and their families, um, the decision was made to go virtual this fall. Um, teachers will engage. They are using the Google Classroom platform again, as we did in the spring. But I think it's going to be a more robust presentation in that, as opposed to just receiving assignments, the plan is for teachers to be real time on real time with your with your child, um, real time instruction three to four hours a day, yeah. and that will be Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. I think the schedules were just posted on the Anne Arundel, Anne Arundel County website, which is www.aacps.org. So if you're looking for times, they just came out yesterday. Um, so they're going to engage in that real-time instruction um, on those days, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Wednesday is going to be a real-time help session okay. where teachers can connect in real-time with students and small groups of students that need some extra help. Oh, so almost like, like tutoring. Yeah. Okay, Very, very much like this that. Good. Yeah. Um, at the, at the elementary school level, um, each day of learning is going to start with the old-fashioned circle time. Oh, oh that's So great. virtually... <laughs> Can we do that here? Right, no, I think, I think so cool. we need circle time. I think it would bring I us together I think we all better. need circle <laughs> exactly. time. Exactly. sort of the songs and the connecting and the talking. Yeah. I know children are, are, want to talk to their friends. Yeah. So yeah. in sort of a, a virtual kind of environment, That's cool. the teacher will lead a circle time that will engage the children in that kind of friendship, high, you know, talk. Yeah. And again, yeah. kids love to talk. So. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah. So I think that'll be great. Um, then they'll go on to content areas. No, I was just thinking. Teachers will have the power to mute kids this year. Yeah. So the if, kid, you, if the you're kids. if you're running the thing, can yeah. you just hit mute like on <laughs> Zoom? If I'm in charge, I'm like mute, mute, mute. <laughs> which which is funny because the kid still gets to talk. Yeah, it's not right. like the kid stops talking. He does, he or she doesn't know that, that they're you've muted. Been muted. That's right. They can just keep going, and every and the world keeps moving on. Yeah, I'm not totally sure, but I do think that the school system has paid attention. They heard that in the spring, it wasn't so great, and they wanted to move on to something better. And so I think some of the teachers they're looking at maybe even teaching from their classroom, yeah. maybe an empty classroom, right. but it may yeah. have that environment. And so kids will feel a little more comfortable and that real time instruction I think will be great. And I think, um, you know, like you said, the school really took an account, you know, last semester didn't go great. I don't think it went great for anybody unless you were already a school that had a very heavy online curriculum. Some, some schools do that. Mostly universities are yeah. like that. I can't imagine that, a ton of schools. It's not like Anne Arundel County was the only one that had a bad last semester. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think it's important to realize that and to see it sounds like they have a great plan going forward. And I, you know, Joe, I don't know about you, but it sounds like an awful lot on, on the shoulders of the school district to make this decision. Yeah. And I know there's a survey that went out. And as you mentioned a few minutes ago, Sarah, that, that parents, teachers, everybody got to kind of say what they feel. And so he took that, and when I say he, I'm assuming Dr. Arlotto took that all into account, 
And then, of course, you've got the state and the county telling you what they think about certain things. So a heavy decision, unfortunately, probably not the one he wanted to make. Um, I think everybody right. wants to be back in the classroom, but for the safety and everything. Uh, so it sounds like they have a really good plan going. I think they do. Yeah. I, I think they do. And and another component of that plan is going to be in the first three weeks of school, there's going to be some virtual diagnostic testing or assessments of the students so the teachers and the staff can identify if there's any gaps. Yeah, that makes Any sense. gaps in learning that may have happened over the spring or the summer or whatever, and so they'll be able to then identify and address those learning gaps. Okay, That's great. Good. Yeah, I can, I can tell you right now, like as a parent um, uh, who had that survey, we were really grateful to hear that the part of it went into, you know, it, we, it's mostly online for the first portion. We don't know how long this is going to last, um, but it was a weight off our shoulders. The the, the challenge, though, I, I understand is that, you know, like when you have two parents who work, there's there's a struggle there and and we can all appreciate that like we we all understand that it's not going to be easy for everyone so we appreciate everyone's patience with all of this you know and and you know out there we hear you we understand you know and and a lot of us are going through it too so you know let's be grateful that our kids are safe yeah. you know what i mean i mean mm -hmm. yeah so yes. that was the biggest thing yeah everybody needs to be safe and yeah. healthy stay healthy right yeah. and so Children, staff, teachers. Everything. We, yeah. we want to keep our teachers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We, we definitely want to keep them safe. Uh, you know, they, get, they have a tough job as it is. Um, so, you know, we're going back to, you know, curriculums and stuff like that. How has, how has the COVID response affected extracurricular activities and programs? Uh, extracurricular activities, um, basically... What's going to happen? The clubs, some of the club formats are going to stay, and they'll go to a virtual platform. You know, whether it was, I don't know about robotics, but, you know, they have different mm -hmm. clubs with different themes, and the kids can still participate in that. Athletics, unfortunately, the state athletic organization has postponed athletics until February. Mm -hmm. What they have allowed is the possibility for student-athletes to engage in practices um, in the first semester. So Dr. Arlotto is working with his, this is high school students. Okay. Let me clarify that. This is high yeah. school students, that his athletic team is putting together a possible schedule. I don't want to make promises, but possible schedule of face-to-face -face practices uh, at the athletic fields. So, yeah, so we understand that they're trying. There's nothing set in stone yet. There's something we're going to work towards. And it makes sense with high school students. They can definitely follow those those guidelines a lot more closely than, than our younger kids. Because, right. I mean, right. let's be honest, young, young kids, their attention spans are, are not, you know, they, they don't understand six feet. They want to play with each right. other. They yes. want to be hands-on. They want to so. touch each other. They want to <laughs> tackle. Exactly, exactly. They want to tackle, and they want to chase the ball all together yeah, exactly. as a group. Yeah. And so. I think it's it's important to remind everybody, I know you know I know we love football season, but oh, yeah. Big Ten just canceled I know. their football season. Oof. So even at the high collegiate levels where they're making a boatload of money off of these games, yeah. they're canceling. So... You know, sometimes I feel like, and I, I'm guilty of this, I get stuck in my little bubble of why is all this yeah. not fun stuff happening in my world, but it's it's happening in yeah. a lot of worlds. So 
that would be very cool if he could get them to at least practice so they can have something to do, maybe get out from behind the computer a little bit and everything and all that. So I certainly, certainly hope to see something like that, but only, only if he can keep the kids safe, you know, safe. Yeah. So even, even with COVID and the, the new way that kids are going to be learning this semester, are there any new programs available this year at Fort Meade? I think uh, the schools with COVID and with the virtual environment and trying to make it the best possible experience for all the students, I think Anne Arundel County Public Schools is putting into place a number of supports for students who may be falling behind oh. due to virtual platform for learning. Okay. Not all kids succeed in the virtual platform. Right. Um, yeah. And so once school is started and teachers are available, Asking for help or assistance is a good strategy for you as okay. a parent as we move forward to make your make sure that your child is learning um, is successful. Okay, so not necessarily like a new STEM program, right? But they are putting programs in place um, for assisting those online learning and making sure that all the kids are successful. Um, that's awesome because yeah. because you're right. Yes, and you know, with my my child last year. Um, you know, she was in college, and you'd think, oh, well, these kids are on computers all day. This should be easy. Yeah. Oh, it was not. Her, she was doing great, and then it just, you could see the decline when yeah. all this hit. And it was just really unfortunate, and it's really unfair. And I try to think back to when I was 19. I probably couldn't have paid attention to a class on a computer like that. And so that is awesome that the school is recognizing that, just because you're a kid who might like computer games doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean, you mean you're going to learn well yeah. in that environment. And it's great that they're putting some programs in place. So so if your kids are out there and they're struggling, know that the schools do have things in place to assist you and utilize them. And speak up. You yeah. just need to, to, to talk to you. Develop a really good communication with your child's teacher and with their school. For the seniors expected to graduate uh, this year in 2021, with all of this change that's happening around us, how how is this impacting their, their prospects for college? I mean, you know, there's like athletic scholarships and other kinds of scholarships. How is this affecting them? Well, the seniors, it's really a, a rough ride yeah. for, for the seniors. Though I do want to give a shout out about Drake Smith. He is our yes. student representative yeah. on the Anne Arundel County Public Schools Board of Education. From Mead High. From Mead High School, <laughs> yes. And I think if you ever get a chance to listen to the meeting or he is um, dedicated to representing all the students. That's In the fantastic. county. In the county. So, yeah. Yes, just want to and, point that out. Not just Mead High, but the county. Right. And right. so he would love to hear from anyone that, that has any student concerns. He would love to hear that. Um, but for the seniors, it is particularly difficult. But I'm thinking the pandemic is is universal for right. high school yeah. and colleges. Right. Colleges are feeling it as well. And so there's an atmosphere of patience and understanding and tolerance and encouragement as we're guiding, uh, guiding colleges as they review applications and packages from your student, right. your seniors. Um, they assess the good faith effort of the students during this challenging time. So I don't think it's going to, I mean, we need to pay attention and put together good information about our seniors right. as we send forth to the colleges. Um, but, and I think the colleges will take that 
into account. Um, and again, I would assure that we are putting our best foot forward in sending information to colleges. Right. And you would certainly add all the athletics and the things that you've done in the past. They're going to recognize that you're not yeah. doing it now. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I would argue that you could even on uh, on those college essays that seniors are going to get started writing here soon. I think it'd be very interesting to see what they write about how they're adapting to COVID in this time and how that's affecting and impacting yeah. their lives. And um, so it could actually be kind of, you know, could be a little bit of a golden egg there for them that yeah. they can yeah. just really, really focus and talk about and what they've changed. And, yeah. you know, if, if they were avid volunteers, how did they change that in the time of COVID? And if they were athletes, what, what did they do to, to change it mm-hmm. during COVID? And I think I'd just be interested to see, man, kids are, kids are awesome like you don't you don't really know what's going on in their noggin until you read something they wrote and then you're like wait a minute who are you (laughs) um you know I was like that with my daughter reading her college essay so I would really love to see what some of these high school kids are feeling about this this whole COVID thing right now yeah this could be one of their standout moments like it could be they could have taken this and turned it into something you know good like I mean because we understand this is a tough time for everybody but you know when people volunteer, they're already going out of their way to help other people. Maybe this gave somebody an opportunity to get, that they wouldn't have had before. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it, it allows them to overcome this in some way, shape, or form. I so, see stuff on social so media all the time of kids doing cool stuff. Yeah. You know, especially during COVID right now. I'm sure some of our kids are doing some really, I mean, I'm sure a lot of our kids are doing oh, yeah. really awesome things. For, for the families who might just be, um, Joining us here at the fort, we are in PCS season here. Let's talk a little bit about the relationship between Fort Meade and Anne Arundel County Public Schools. What does that look like to the new person who's like, whoa, there's seven public schools on a military base? Which is different. It's very different. It's different because they're not DOD schools. Right. They're not Department of Defense schools. They are, in fact, owned and operated by Anne Arundel County Public Schools. So in that light, we have a partnership um, between, of understanding and support between the garrison and the public schools. Um, direct communication between the garrison commanders, uh, the leadership team, and the superintendent is there. Mm-hmm. They meet. They have their cell phone numbers. Yep, they sure uh, do. They have <laughs> their cell phone numbers. Um, and it's, it's a direct communication. And there's a connection. And again, it's a partnership of support and understanding we also have that same connection between the garrison commander and the principals of each of the Mead schools that are located on the installation so again cell phone numbers are there so that line of communication is there between not only at the top with the garrison commander and Dr. Alato, um, it's also with the principals and teachers. And again, your teacher is your best friend. Right. And so getting to know them. But registration is online this year. So I encourage you to register as soon as you can. And I think the other thing to talk about, you know, our relationship with um, the fort and the schools is, you know, especially at our middle school and high school level, we have some really cool programs that are very specific to Fort Meade, right? So we have, like, the Homeland uh, the homeland Security Program. We have the, uh, was it the Cyber Patriot Group? Um, so 
which is basically because of that relationship that we have with the schools and our workforce to really bring some really cool and unique programs that you're not going to get it at South River or Severna Park or, or Crofton or what have you. So, so just know that there's always that connection too, that we're just working with the schools to just, you know, really um, bring some awesome programming here that our workforce at the fort is really unique to, you know, to help with and everything. So I think that's really cool too. I think the focus has been to bring special programs to Mead High School. The Homeland um, Security Signature Program is unique to Mead High. You yeah. have to go to Mead High right. to enroll in that program, and it's it's really awesome. Um, also, there is the Cyber Patriot teams, and there is sort of a cyber focus that is evolving at Mead High School. Yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, I know. So sort of that pipeline effect in right. the, you know, in the future we're looking at possible students receiving certificates and again, I'm not that yeah. knowledgeable about cyber, but it's there, the focus is there. Right. Students are going to have an advantage. Yes. Uh, but also um what recently happened is Maryland is now one of 19 states that will allow and is encouraging advanced enrollment for military families. So in specialized academic programs. Yeah. So so that's great. So and and that kind of lines up with something we wanted to talk about because the the one of the colonel's objectives uh, was to make Fort Meade an installation of choice. And for for our service members in like parents in general the first thing we do when we move to a new location, we PCS or even ETS, schools. we look at schools. Yep. Schools is, it's one of the primary things we worry about when we go to a new location. So what is a goal that we've set to move us in the direction to make Fort Meade an installation of choice when it comes to schools? Well, Maryland as a state does not have school choice, and right. I know that that's been a focus, and we've strongly suggested <laughs> you know, that that might be an avenue in the future. Uh, but this, this one move of, of Maryland being, again, one of 19 states that has approved that early enrollment, and again, thanks to Colonel Sprague and his wife, mm -hmm. Heather, for promoting that within our state. Um, and now it has happened. So if you want to participate in the International Baccalaureate Program or other magnet programs or charter schools, and it used to be that you missed the deadline or you missed the, the lottery right. is over and no, no chance for you. And right. so now this changes that while you're still in Hawaii, you now can apply for those specialized programs. So it is a first step. Yeah. That's in that great. direction. So is it as soon as you get your PCS orders? Like when do you get to start that process of applying? It would be when you get your PCS right. orders. Okay. It does need to be a document of that course. says you're right. coming to Fort Meade. But you don't have to meet the residency requirement. Right, which that was always the hang yeah. up because, you know, as service members know, you get PCS orders usually a few months in advance, depending on what branch you're in, that varies. And then you know, you had to wait until you moved there. And then yeah. once you move there, then you get to sign up for school. And then when you signed up for school, then you get the programs. My daughter's a product of missing every deadline for anything um, because the Marine Corps, which my husband is in, um, they only give them a couple months out, yeah. maybe right. two months out, right. three months out, which really sets us up for, you know, she was never able to get into specialized programs 
And then when she finally could, she hadn't been doing it for years. So it was definitely a, you know, going to set her up for failure. So I'm so glad to see this. Um, you know, we were still able, you know, my daughter's very successful and fine without it, but this is going to be a huge help to those kids who, you know, they're moving around a lot and it's going to give them some really awesome opportunities, which, which is important. And and PCS, PCSing is already such a stressful thing and we do it so often, you know what I mean? So you, you want to keep that stress away from your kids as much as possible. So that's, that's, that's tough to handle. It's tough to manage, but this is a great step forward in that. Like, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Yep. Your kid doesn't, your, your child doesn't have to miss out on these amazing programs we have here at Fort Meade. Right. right. So that's, that's fantastic. It's a huge boost. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, ex- I'm excited for it. I'm excited for the kids um, to have that opportunity. And I know Colonel Sprague is, is excited too. It's a big step in the right direction for our schools. And, you know, it's, it's good that we had people advocating for it. It was about time that they heard that the, that the kids, our military kids, needed, needed this extra Extra boost, as you yes. say. Yeah. It's nice that they considered them. You yes. Know? Like, so so uh, how how does the schools work to ensure that the uh, it has the workforce it needs to complete the mission? It is a difficult time because yeah. we have people not attracted to the profession of teaching because of COVID. Mm. Um, and overall, there's been a drop in teacher education um, in the, in the recent, recent days and weeks and years. So it is difficult to recruit teachers. And I think, uh, in around the county public schools is actively doing that. They go out and do job fairs and things like that. They even go to Puerto Rico to recruit because they want Spanish speaking teachers to help our Spanish speaking children. Yeah. Uh, so I think they've gone the extra mile uh, but they, too, still feel teacher shortages. I know our own Child and Youth Services feels the same thing as we try to recruit for classrooms. Right. Um, it's, a, it's a difficult task. Uh, but they do do their best with the incentives and hiring uh, fairs and things like that. So um, I know they're short on food personnel as well. Yeah. Oh, you know, wow. they're recruiting all the time. Yeah. Um, so if anyone's interested in working with our school system, we would love to have you. Please apply. You know, it's that same website, www.aacps.org, uh, and they, they would welcome you. And I, I, this is just me, Sherry, talking as I just hope that after COVID that maybe we have a little bit more appreciation for our teachers. Yeah. Um, you know, I the teachers vastly, and I'm not even talking about Anne Arundel County, but just nationwide, are overworked and underpaid. Yes. yes. And prior to COVID, that was an issue. And um, I think now that some of us have had to deal with our children yeah. Yeah. and still try to maintain work and stuff, I think we have a new respect for that. So hopefully we remember that as we're, you know, making decisions that affect school boards and making decisions about what we want to support and stuff. Hopefully we see, I just hope, I mean, maybe, maybe it's a, it's a lost hope, but I just really hope that our teachers get a little bit more, um, incentive after this is all over, because I don't think there's, there's not many people out there. You know, if you're, if you're already homeschooling, maybe this doesn't apply to you, but for those of us 
who weren't homeschooling, I think we've we've realized how valuable our teachers are, and that <laughs> yeah. that even at I'm what a month or so away from forty, you know, grade school math is hard. Yes, <laughs> yes it is. It is. It's yes, very it is. different from when we learned it. Um, but I do. I think teachers do need to be yes. appreciated to that level Love in our teachers. society. Yeah. And we we have we have great great teachers here at Fort Meade. We have we've heard wonderful things about a lot of teachers, and. We would just we just have one retire after what forty five years of service. Yeah, Carol Tonesco so, at Westmead. Yes, yes, at Westmead, and we're actually in a little bit going to hear a little bit from her as well. So, so we've got we've got good teachers, we've got good schools, we've got some great programs in place this year for kids who might be struggling with online learning. We've got the new waiver program. Yep. So, I mean, lots of good stuff at, at our Mead schools coming up. I think so. I think yeah. so too. Joe, it was really great sitting down and talking to Sarah Benice, our school liaison officer here at Fort Meade, because schools are changing because yeah. of COVID. It was really great to sit down and talk to her about how they're proceeding with the COVID pandemic, hearing about all the things that they're doing to take care of not only the kids, but the teachers and everything as well. So great information for all the families out there who are sending their kids off to school. Yeah, and I think... Um I think something we should talk about, because we haven't talked about it in a little while, it's, you know, it's the specter hanging over us at all times. It's, it's COVID. And it's, and we have to talk about what we're doing to take care of ourselves and protect ourselves, but to also protect others. Right. Um, I, I think um, people have to remember, you know, the masks are there for a reason, However you feel about they them. They go over your nose over as your nose. well. It's not yep. one or the other. It's yep. over the nose and the mouth. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, yep. and I mean, I get that people don't want to wear them. If you're anywhere in a store, anywhere in the state, you have to wear one. They're, right. That's their policy right now. It's not too hard to understand. Right. You're not being singled out. It's not about you. It's about the greater good of everyone. But remember, you know, if, especially if you're going to be within six feet of people, just just remember that the mask is there to add that extra layer of protection. Right. Whether you believe in it or not, it's good for a reason, you yeah. know? Well, and like you said, it's not that hard to right. do. It's right. annoying, sure. Um, my advice is find some fun ones that go with your outfits. <laughs> I bought a really cool Maryland state flag one. Yes, oh, that's I am good. not I'm not from Maryland, but I've become that person. Yeah, and Maryland is really like that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> they no they other love their flag. Oh yeah, it's the it's the long running joke, right? And I've become that person because I'm in the grocery store at the Weiss Market and there is these Maryland flag masks and I bought one. And then it's funny because the other day as an an event and I ran into somebody and they said, that's a cool, that's a cool mask. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. they like it. Accessorize. I mean, yeah, why that's not? That's right. It's the thing be to do cool. in 2020. Yeah, be cool. I got one. I <laughs> ordered one for my favorite baseball team. I ordered one from my college alumni. I went to Edinburgh University in Pennsylvania, not Scotland, I wish. But they have these really cool plaid, kilty looking ones yeah. that they were selling. So um, it's here for a while. Even yeah. if a vaccine comes out on January one, we're gonna still gonna we're gonna still be dealing with this stuff. So, I think my best advice is just you're doing it for others, not necessarily yourself. Uh, think of the people who are a little bit more at risk, maybe than you might be. Yeah. And accessorize, have some fun with it. You know, call up grandma. Maybe she has a bedazzler or something. You know, I don't know. <laughs> um, but but try and have some have some fun with it. The other thing I think too that we want to remind people of, Joe, is. Symptoms of COVID mm, yeah. sometimes 
feel like normal symptoms we have around this time of year anyway, right? Yeah. Runny noses, yeah. slight fevers, coughing, sneezing, things like that. And I think it's really important for all of us as a, as a community to to recognize when we have those symptoms, we should not, we are not in a position to be like, oh, it's nothing. Right. So make sure you're reporting right. those. If you're having any kind of symptoms at all, make sure you're getting checked out. Stay home. You know, even even if you feel fine, but you just got that that little cough or something, stay home. Yeah. Don't take the risk that it's not just the common cold, that it's not just allergies. You know, maybe stay home a few days. Yeah. Maybe yeah. stay home. And you know, we're all teleworking right now. We've got we've got. I think Max telework is still in effect. Oh yeah. So, you know, just wanted to put that out there. Yeah. We're not thinking about it. And this is a really unique time where where employers are understanding of the fact that you should stay home more so than normal. More so than normal, right? Like you know, before pre COVID, you know, we would soldier on, we'd yeah. go to work, and just try not to get people infected as much as we could. But we're in a position now where they're telling you, you know, stay home, right? You know, work from home. Find a way to make this work without possibly getting other people infected. So right. just remember that this is the time to not try to soldier on, right. you know. And just also a reminder to do the simple things. Wear your mask, wash your wash your hands, and um if you're not feeling great, stay home. Period. I, I, I always I, I always hear somebody yelling, "Wash your dang hands." <laughs> <laughs> I just it, that's just what rings in my head every time somebody says, "Wash your hands." Do you have a favorite song you wash your hands to? What do they say? "Happy birthday." Oh, I think happy birthday is one where if you sing the whole thing, it's it equals the amount of time that you should be washing your hands. Uh, I don't really have a, a tune. <laughs> Although I, I kind of hummed the A-Team theme song a lot lately. <laughs> oh, man, that's a good one. I wonder, I mean, I'm sure if you do the whole song, regardless, yeah, you'll yeah. have washed your hands more than enough. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't I don't really have a tune in my head. I've had this song stuck in my head. Um, what's it called? It's called Monsters by All Time Low. That, oh, okay. That yeah, song's yeah, been yeah. stuck in my head. So I've been humming that a lot. <laughs> and that just seems to be when I'm washing my hands, when I'm doing just about anything. Um, but anyways, we don't want to dwell on this. Yeah. Just that friendly reminder. Yeah. Wash your dang hands. Wash your dang hands. Wear your mask over your nose <laughs> and mouth at the same time. Yeah. And, and you know, if you're not feeling great, stay home. Take advantage of the telework, you know. Take advantage yeah. of the ability to be able to stay home and work from home. It's not as fun as hanging out with everybody at work, but... We got to do it. Let's take care of each other, people. Yeah. Let's let's look out for each other. And we are. And we yeah, are. Like, yeah. We are doing a, we're doing a really good job of it, but yeah. we need the reminder. I don't know about you. I need the reminder sometimes. Oh, yeah. It's hard. Sometimes I forget, you know, we're in this together. Joe, can you imagine doing anything for more than 10 years? No. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, my military time okay. and stuff like that. 20 but, years, 30 years. What about 40 years? Uh, that's, I can't imagine doing anything for 40 years. Like, I don't know. How about 46 years? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just amazing, Joe. And we just, we got to give a shout out to Miss J, Miss Carol and Janesco who just recently retired from West Mead Early Education Center yeah. after 46 years in education. You think about doing anything, you think, think about doing something like going to work at your job today and then think about doing that for 46 years. 
that takes that takes endurance that takes <laughs> dedication and i mean she's training she, think about how many kids she's educated how many generations of kids how many people she's impacted i know probably in the most amazing way yeah she helped she build was minds loved by all yeah uh, she well, well respected teacher, and we were so grateful to have her here at Fort Meade for, yeah. for many, of those forty six years. Yeah. So we're going to listen to an interview from Maya Jordan, one of our teammates here at uh, Garrison Public Affairs Office. She sat down with Miss Janesco to talk about her time uh, as a teacher and a principal, and her uh, recent retirement. Here you go. Why are you retiring? Why now? Well, uh, a couple of things. Um, you wait until your timing is right. And I think the timing with the way the e-learning and everything is going on, timing's right. I'm also 70 and a half years old. So I don't think it's good for a 70-year-old woman to go chasing around after five and six-year-olds. I've done it long enough. I've seen this school get to the stage that I wanted to see it become. And it's time for me to just back out and let someone else have the wonderful schooling community. How many years did you teach? Oh, in the classroom? Yes. 17, 19. And how many years did you lead in your role as a principal? Total time as a principal, 22. Next question, what do you enjoy about having a role in shaping tomorrow's future workforce? It's exciting to see growth and opportunities and uh, the way a little bit of the curriculum, especially the technology piece, has really broadened and how skilled the youngest of our learners or they're better than I'm ever going to be with that kind of thing. But um, their, their world is quite different than the world I knew for five-year-olds five years ago. Mm. It's just really evolving very quickly. What did that look like? You said just five years ago. Mm -hmm. That's not too long ago. So mm -hmm. can you elaborate a little bit more on how the youth are now kind of like early adopters of technology. You have two-year-olds or 18-month-olds. Yeah, very, very much. We have four-year-olds four in the pre-K class, and they can come in and pick up a tablet or an iPod and get going right with it, and they know what to look at. Mm -hmm. um, I know that you mentioned that you spent half your career as a teacher mm -hmm. and the other half as a principal. What led you to teaching? Oh, well, when I was a youngster, I used to tell my father I hated school. But every summer, I would have my baby dolls and animals out, and I had a chalkboard, and I was teaching them. And I took my mom's books, and I tore pages out and put 100% or C pluses on everything. And my father kept them because at one point I was interested in medical careers. And when I babysat, I babysat 11 kids at a time in the neighborhood and had them all organized doing everything. And I can remember 
uh, a neighbor telling my father, I think she's going to end up a teacher. Look how she organizes everybody. In retirement, mm -hmm. what do you look forward to in new discovery? As you mentioned, mm -hmm. you know, your hobby as a youth was children and giving oh. back and being an advocate mm -hmm. for education. So mm -hmm. with retirement less than three days away, mm -hmm. what are you seeking to discover? I would like to go back to where I started my teaching career at Penn State, wow. where I had all of my professors, students, their children, and uh, some of them stayed in the area. Mm -hmm. So I want to reconnect with them a little bit, but reconnect on some level with the university and maybe supervise student teachers for a little bit, but not real long. I want some time for me to travel and um, to go out and do different kinds of things. Okay. Yeah. So you're leaving the youngsters mm -hmm. to go work with the the new generation. And we'll be working with the youngsters. Hopefully we can get more of them joining the force. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 So um, will you be packing up things going back to Pennsylvania? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. What was your biggest challenge while working in education? When... You have students regardless of age because I've worked high school, alternative, junior high school, regular elementary, and now early childhood. At any level, when children experience a lot of emotional distress, understanding that you can't fix them, you have to give them enough tools and give them the right resources but you can't own their distress. You have to become comfortable with a little of their discomfort, and that was hard. Would you say that no one student is the same? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Everybody's blueprint's quite different. Mm -hmm. What has it been like working here at Fort Meade mm -hmm. in this community mm -hmm. with children of certain instances, military children, mm -hmm. every two years, children mm -hmm. are leaving. Mm -hmm. um, what was that like for you? That high rate of transients, I was not used to at all. I came from uh, Cape St. Clair, which is down near the Bay Bridge, and those families are pretty well established. Before that, I was at the school where they put the kids they expelled, and before that, at Severna Park, which you know are really uh, embedded communities that they stay a long time. It's hard because just when you get to know a family and know how to uh, access resources for them and how to help them get ready for their next stage, they're gone. You lose them. So that's why it was important to establish the Early Childhood Center because they had to get heavy-duty hits in reading and math and writing before they go anywhere. So when was the Early Childhood Center, when did it first open its doors and were you here leading that? I opened the building. I designed the program. So... That tells me that you must work a lot with our school liaison, uh, Sarah Bonice. Yes. What has it been like yes. working with her? Oh, she's wonderful. I can call her up and say, I'm really frustrated. What do I do next? What am I not seeing? Please help me. And she always gets it straight. 
And um, I, I tend to be quite direct, very direct for dealing with little children. You expect, you know, somebody to be all sweetie, sweetie, and I'm not. It's either on this side or that side because these are children in military families that have to follow tight rules. Their parents do. And you can't come in here and be wishy-washy. But I wanted to make sure they had the best of everything here. Art, music, PE, Triple E, which is engineering, media, computer lab, and so many hours of reading, so many hours of math. They, they've had it all here. What are some memorable lessons that you learned from your career? I learned that um, to be able to look at an opportunity as an acorn. I started elementary, and then uh, I had a nice full-time job at Penn State teaching junior high school science. And then I moved here and taught junior high school science. And then I had ninth graders for a time. And then because the kids used to write me notes on their test papers, and I would write them back after I scored them. Um, I ended up going into counseling. I was a guidance counselor. And I did that for seven years. And then that just wasn't enough. I wasn't getting to what I needed to do for kids. And I finished my administrative certificate and ended up going from a high school to a school where they put children that they had expelled. And I did that for two years and then was asked, what would you like to do next? And I said, I'd like to go back to elementary school and try to catch the kids before they make too many bad decisions. And um, got my wish. What makes a great teacher? Somebody who's excited about kids, takes them just where they are, doesn't judge, comes here ready to open all the doors and blossoms for the kids. And someone who's committed to specific age groups and helping kids achieve. You can't come in with any negativity at all, period. You have to come in and say, you know, we can do this. We might have to go about it a little bit differently, but we're going to get it, and we're going to get it done, and it'll be right, and it'll be good for all of us. Yeah, I, I look for uh, somebody who's got that gusto and mm -hmm. attitude and um, the teachers here have most of them have several degrees and they're not lightweights at all and when you can get little kids age five and six to do an avid program like mm -hmm. they do in high school take two column notes three column notes and demonstrate it to a team I think that's doing pretty well and that's the right people in the seats, on the bus. That's it for today's episode of Fort Meade Declassified. Connect with us on Digital Meade, the Garrison's new home for news and events. You can find it on our website at home.army.mil forward slash Meade, where you can also find up-to-date information on COVID-19.